Philips is focused on innovation to improve the health and well-being of people. Our devices and device-agnostic informatics solutions can scale across your enterprise to help care teams diagnose, treat, and manage patients with accuracy, speed, and confidence. By connecting the digital patient story, physicians and clinicians have intelligence for decision-making in the moment and insight to see beyond. It's our privilege to partner with you to care for the carers and to improve the lives of the people and patients they serve. Philips, innovation and you. This is Kate Cruz recording live at the 8th Annual Becker's HIT Digital Health and RCM Conference in Chicago. I'm here with Brad Reimer. Brad, to get us started, can you share a bit about yourself and your role and organization? Yeah, hi, Brad Reimer. I'm the Chief Information Officer for Sanford Health. We are the largest rural health system in the U.S. Uh, we cover about 250,000 square miles uh, with obviously a pretty uh, sparse population throughout that. But two thirds of our, of our patients or our population are in our rural setting. Um, the vast majority of the population we serve is in a federally designated uh, provider shortage area as well. So uh, a lot of focus on the upper Midwest, uh, rural, think you're kind of your traditional farmer type mentality. Um, that's the vast majority of our patients and who we're serving. Uh, we cover about 47 different hospitals, 200-ish clinics, and then also 200 um, long-term care facilities for uh, nursing home, rehab, uh, you know, those long-term care uh, needs. We do have a health plan and as well as uh, we're in nine different countries for our world clinic. Uh, so serving as a chief information officer there, uh, oversee kind of all of your traditional IT, um, as well as information security. Fantastic, thanks for that introduction. I am excited to learn more. Brad, when you think of digital innovation in healthcare right now, what is exciting you the most? What excites me the most is some of the new technologies coming around computer vision. And you layer AI on top of that, and I think there's some real power for transforming the way that care um, happens within a hospital setting, a clinic setting, in a long-term care setting. Uh, so it's everything from identifying uh, fall risk, which obviously is a, a patient quality, patient safety uh, situation, to uh, reducing some of the burden on caregivers. So whether that's a nurse needing um, like dual sign-off on a certain type of medication, uh, or if it's just a quick check-in with a patient rather than having to have a nurse run from one end of the floor to the other. And then we've also seen situations to where it's helped uh, avoid some uh, safety and violent situations, uh, keeping our, our staff uh, safer. So see that technology like that is really going to be able to impact a variety of different things within the health system. And as the next couple of years uh, move forward, it's just maturing that. I really see that it will uh, just change the way that the workflow is for from our nursing staff and uh, the broader clinician team. Yeah, I agree. And that is really exciting. So at your organization, what are some top priorities for technology and like the big issues that you're trying to solve? Yeah, I think they're similar to a lot of other systems, but the, the rural setting that we're in really kind of um, adds a little emphasis behind how we're bridging access for patients. We've got a lot of patients that live uh, a long distance away from some of our, our medical centers. So being able to push into and really advance virtual care we were extremely fortunate to get a $350 million gift uh, to really help drive virtual care at scale into rural America. And we're seeing some, some great things like from that we're really excited about. Uh, obviously, there's a, a high uh, focus on quality and the way that we kind of think about quality in addition to just a traditional uh, clinical quality is how do we drive more specialty care 
to those diverse populations and the remote populations that may not have access to them historically. So bringing that care and that special care culture to those patients is a is a huge focus for us. And then as well as just finding ways to drive sustainability of healthcare in rural America. There are just so many health systems that are on the brink of whether they can make it or not. And we feel with our size and scale, we have a level of responsibility to help maintain the right level of care to those patients within that rural population. So what are some partnerships that you have utilized to enable this access to your rural population? There's a couple different kind of key partnerships. Uh, some are even like with government agencies. So whether it's through grant funding or whatever, that is helping bridge some of the initial financial uh, burden for driving more care closer to those patients. Uh, we also have started some partnerships with local internet providers and telco companies because a lot of times it's bridging the access, whether it's it's getting the right internet access to them, it's maybe bridging a, a socioeconomic gap and can they afford that level of coverage? Uh, we've got examples to where we've got a partnership in upper Minnesota with a Native American population that unfortunately the women there that are uh, going through the maternity cycle, the vast majority of them don't get any type of prenatal care before they show up to give birth. and it's it's not just a matter of, okay, well, we can do a virtual care for them. A lot of them don't have the financial means to have high band internet. Um, and a lot of them don't have uh, smartphones either. So we are working with some of those internet providers, uh, grants from the state to help kind of bridge that gap. And then we also leverage really strong partnerships with local universities across all of our footprint. So there's a number of different universities that are, we're, we're growing and building that talent that hopefully will want to stay closer to home mm -hmm. and have an interest in serving the population that they grew up in. Those are some great examples. Thank you for dealing with my bonus question. Um, gonna ask you for some more examples, but of specific instances where integration of informatics technology um, has led to improved patient outcomes, enhanced patient provider communication, or maybe even phys physician well-being. Sure. So one of the things that we take pride in, every every organization, a healthcare organization does a certain amount with innovation, they're doing stuff with AI, they're doing stuff with research. We're really proud of how we're able to integrate those innovations and those new care models into bedside care, into the in-clinic care. So the AI models that we're building to be predictive for diabetes or some of them that we're doing around behavioral health, we're getting a lot of value by including the clinician group, not as a separate, a lot of the academic world will have the separation of that research from what's happening in the day-to-day -day care. And we're able to bring that together in a way that we can leverage you know, new thought processes, uh, new technologies, new care pathways, um, and really bring them to benefit to the patient um, sooner than later. Yeah, some more great examples. So what is some advice that you would give to healthcare leaders today regarding digital innovation? Yeah, so just in the last uh, keynote discussion that we had, I think honestly, at this point, it's less about technology and it's more about digital readiness and organizational change management within the organization, the healthcare organization as a whole and within that patient population as a whole. We can bring as much technology as we want to the table, but if we're not preparing our staff, our caregivers, those that are interacting with patients and our patients to be able to really leverage that technology, 
uh, we're just spinning our wheels on a lot of that. Yeah. And healthcare has been in a very uh, stable traditional model for a long time. And our staff and our patients have a certain expectation and routine in the way that they do things and breaking that mold uh, sometimes is more difficult than you would think it would. Oh, absolutely. So even adopting some of the more simple technologies sometimes is harder than it than it should be. And part of that's just because we haven't focused on how do we how do we train people up? How do we start to change behavior? How do we incentivize um, the right behaviors, whether it's from a patient or a provider or just back off the staff? Yeah, absolutely. Some great advice. So looking into the future, five or so years from now, what do you think will be the most significant change in healthcare delivery and operations? Yeah, I don't know that I can predict the future. I mean, five years isn't that far out, but I just have this in the back of my mind. And part of it's because Sanford Health has a, a long-term care uh, presence and pretty heavy presence at that, that this silver tsunami, the the aging of the baby boomers, and that stuff is going to start to hit within that five-year period. So that generation compared to, say, the age generation today is much more adapt to use digital technologies. So I think the way that we're going to interact with that aging population five years from now is going to be much different than the way we're doing it today. And I think it'll just be able to uh, provide that level of, of fluidity, of more proactive care, rather than it just being episodic when there's actually a problem. And in for Sanford in the rural space, when you get to that aging population, they're much less likely also to travel. So we've got to figure out how we bridge that gap. It's the technologies that we're using today for virtual care. So I don't know that it's a lot of new things that necessarily need to be there, but putting those components together into a package that an aging population can use and will use and will engage with, I think really is going to be a game changer as we look forward. Yeah, absolutely. That will be very interesting to, you know, see how that population does kind of adapt with the technology. Um, good point that, you know, I hadn't thought of before. So it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know? I think that there's some some great opportunity with all of the advancements in AI, with large language models, all of the advancing technologies that are that are the buzzwords and things right in front of us. And I think it's very easy to, um, you know, try to put a high speed elevator in a three, a, you know, three story building. And there are some simple things that we can do. Some of our best remote patient monitoring adherence right now is just do basic text and SMS messaging. So my message would be is, you know, take advantage of the new technologies, but keep it simple. You don't have to over-engineer um, and make things overly complex. Well, Brad, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.